Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at Supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. US Open is in full swing games happening as we speak. Earlier on, John Millman was defeated by TFO, so he's out as well. But Alex Demonor won through to the third round. To tell us all about it is the host of First Serve and our very own tennis expert, Brett Phillips. BP, thanks for your time. Thank you, Kane. No problems. Oh, Johnny Millman looked to have his opportunities. Yeah, he really had these opportunities. Uh, it's been a big night. Yeah, Demon All followed by Melbourne and Chris O'Connor live at the moment. But, yeah, look, um, I think when he took that third set and he took it convincingly, 6-1, uh, you just thought, well, this is going to be fairly straightforward, even though we know that John's played a lot of five-set matches. But TFO just didn't have the signs at the end of the third set that he would really go the distance. So he ended up... You know, he started to play like Milman did, just really rock solid, and he's got enormous, um, uh, enormous potential. Francis TFO, he's one of these many young Americans. There's Taylor Fritz, there's Riley Opelka, there's Tommy Paul. There's a whole batch of them who are, you know, trying to emulate Andy Roddick, the last American to win at the U.S. Open, which was back in 2003. And he stepped up his firepower, and Johnny just um, couldn't quite go with him. In the end, he's much younger and he probably had the slightly fresher legs. It was a pretty muggy day in New York during the daytime. There's a bit of rain coming through New York now on the outside courts, which has stopped play. But, yeah, unfortunately, didn't quite get there. In fact, if we if you go back to that first set, he should have won that first set, Millman, and that would have really propelled him. But he just kept the door open, kept the door open, losing the fourth. And uh, TFO, he's a pretty strong young guy, uh, you know, big ground strokes, and he was just able to sort of out-muscle uh, Millman in the end, which um, not many can do. Another Aussie in action, which you just alluded to, Christian O'Connell now. He's down two sets and a break against Medvedev, the number three seed. But it's a fascinating story, BP. Can you fill us in and tell us about it? Yeah, look, it is a great story. We um, spoke a lot about Chris O'Connell on uh, the first serve last year because, you know, you go back a few years ago, and he's about 25, 26 now, so everyone's uh, story and uh, journey is uh, so different, Kane. And, you know, he was uh, a guy battling around the challenges. Like, he got to as high as 220. Then he disappeared off the scene for a little while. He had some injuries. He got a bit disillusioned with the sport. He was helping his brother clean boats in Sydney, where he's from. And uh, everyone knew that he had a lot of talent. Uh, he decided to jump back on the tour, but the ITF at the start of last year actually uh, changed all the rankings. So they were only ranking the top 750. He'd fell well out of that and officially didn't have a ranking. But last year, he just started to win. And we got to about sort of March. We thought, gee, Chris O'Connell's on a nice little streak here. He's uh, basing himself in Europe to cut down the travel. He's playing Futures. Uh, he was making final upon final. And then when the rankings were restored... Uh, around about sort of uh, July, August last year, he uh, crept up to the top 300 because he had just been winning. 
in in all, he won 82 matches last year. He played like 110 singles matches, which is phenomenal. Wow. Playing playing on the challenges later in the year and picked up a few titles. And he played first round at the Australian Open. Was pretty competitive, and he won his first um, you know uh, main draw Grand Slam match and first ATP match. Uh, here at the US Open. So today he's up against Daniel Medvedev. I mean, he's the third seed, last year's finalist. And people would ask, what's the difference? Well, to play a guy like Medvedev, your level has to stay at its peak for a lot longer. I mean, the, the, you know, to beat guys on the Challenger Tour and the Futures, you can. Mm. He's, he's very good, O'Connell, but he doesn't have to maintain his level as high. This guy, Medvedev, is at another level. So it's a great experience for him, but he will pocket about 136,000 Australian mm-hmm. and prior to the US Open he only made 270,000 across his whole career, so uh, for that to you know, maybe put into some coaching uh, it will set up his travel and really allow him to play fully on the tour, so now he, he, he's got a beautiful single-handed backhand, but yeah, great story to restore his career last year Absolutely. And well, told how did see Grigor Dimitrov is out. Now he was upset. What, what, what are the other upsets that we need to be across? Yeah, well, Dimitrov, particularly having made the semis uh, last year, he's, um, he's an enigma, uh, Grigor. He's uh, unbelievably talented, but uh, he played against a really tough Hungarian today, Marton Fucevic, who is, uh, is super fit, uh, loves a battle. And he absolutely dug in to uh, beat him in five. It was uh, a great effort by Fuchovic. And, you know, there's not much in it <laughs> in tennis. Uh, it's small margins. It's uh, one loose shot. It can be a brilliant shot at the other end. So, yeah, that was a big upset. And, and Milos Raonic, who had made the final in Cincinnati last week uh, before going down to Djokovic, he actually struck some good form. Uh, big Milos, he was beaten by his fellow Canadian, Arshik Pospisil, who has been as high as 25 in the world. He's the, uh, he's the man that, along with Novak Djokovic, is forming this sort of breakaway players association from the ATP. And he was on our show earlier this year. He's pretty outspoken, Vashik, but he can certainly play. He's had a lot of success in doubles as well. So there are a couple of the major upsets earlier today. And, and we should just quickly mention the Demon on the men's side. Uh, he was very good, uh, Demon All, earlier today. He played two very good sets, got out of the blocks well. Then he had to really dig deep against Richard Gasco, the Frenchman, who's been the highest world number seven. I mean, he's classy, this guy. He has one of the most beautiful backhands I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, Dimonor had to pull out all stops, but that's what we love about Alex Dimonor. He is the ultimate competitor with a very good skill set. So he's through to play Karen Hutchinov now, the world number 11. That'll be, uh, that'll be a big test. Mm. Serena on court at the moment. She leads one set and three two in the second set. Can, can I ask you about um, Kim Clasters? I know she she was back. Uh, did she get through? I don't think she did. No, she lost to uh, Alexandrova. I was flicking around as you do the first couple of days. Yeah. So many matches going on, but I managed to catch the last set of that match because uh, I hadn't seen Kim sort of uh, live. Well, she only played a couple of matches before the whole tennis tour got hold of Kane and. No, she um, look. She can still play, uh, no doubt. I mean, she's still got the uh, the strokes and she's still got the core craft. Uh, but she is 37 years of age, and uh, these young girls are hungry. Uh, they they cover the ground pretty well. I mean, physically, um, you know, these, these girls and the guys are so equipped more now than any other era in tennis. So, yeah, probably uh, she just ran out of petrol tickets in the end. I think she's contemplating what she sort of does from here, whether it's you know full steam into this comeback, or is it going to be sort of here and there? I mean, she's going to get wild cards into some of the bigger events, but. 
Yeah, I, I, certainly the hiatus of COVID, I don't, I don't think helped her because she'd actually got herself to a really good level physically. And then, you know, no tennis, she goes back to being a mum of mm. three kids and uh, still training. But yeah, they're pretty tough. But uh, it's, look, she, she's still, you know, still super competitive. And nine on his, Aussies have entered the, the French Open, including Ash Barty. So did that surprise you? Ash didn't want to go to the US, but she's keen, or she's comfortable to go to France. Yeah, no, I got the inkling a couple of weeks ago. I was having a chat to her management, and uh, obviously it was a big decision. And look, you know, you always want to go back and defend your title, even though um, the rankings won't uh, be, uh, be affected because they put the rankings on hold for players to make those decisions on a, on a personal basis. But, yeah, look, she's obviously uh, got, you know, uh, some really good advice from, um, you know, obviously people over there in terms of the conditions, what it's going to be like. Uh, I, I think every player loves to go back and defend their title. And uh, it was a magic moment for her last year. So, no, I'm probably, I'm not totally surprised, uh, even though that she probably does have, have a bit of a conservative view in terms of health and her team. Uh, Craig Tizer, her coach, has actually been holed up in Melbourne here. So I, I, they haven't been able to connect for quite some time with Ash in Brisbane and Craig down here. We know what a great combination they've become. So, yeah, the prep uh, will be, won't really be there. Whether she's going to enter a lead-up, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, I mean, the, the French uh, women's draw is certainly going to look uh, a lot stronger than what it has uh, at the US Open. Good news, BP. Thanks very much for the update. Pleasure, Kane. Talk soon. Tune into the first serve as always, as well for all the latest on the tennis. Mike's in Geelong. He wants to shift gears and speak about the Hawthorne Footy Club. G'day to you, Mike. Oh, g'day, Kane. How are you going? Good, thanks. That's good. Hey, I just wanted to see what you think about with you know the Hawks are probably going to get a top three, I reckon, draft pick. Where they look at splitting that up and trying to get into sort of the ten to fifteen mark and trying to get two in there. Yeah, I, I was thinking about worth. that. Today, I was thinking just about what Adelaide do with, with pick one, but it's essentially going to be pick two because they won't get the best player. And without knowing the quality of what's going to be there, and if so if there's three standout players in the draft and then it's really even after that, do you just have to take one of the three standouts? Or if it's really even through the first 10 to 15 and there's no definitive line on where it's split, then you probably look to do that. So... Uh, Graham Wright would would have the answers to that. Mike, I'd be speculating because I just haven't seen enough of the young kids playing at the moment. Tom's on the road, the Carlton Footy Club. Tom, your thoughts? Yeah, great, Shane. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I don't know what people expected from Carlton this year, but look, I'm a young, avid uh, Carlton victor for the last 25 years. And, um, you know, look, at the start of the year, I someone said six to eight wins, I don't think most Carlton supporters would have taken it. Like the guy said before um, the news break, um, you know, we've been there, it's where eyeballs in every game. Yeah, look, definitely we should be able to ice the game. We should have been able to ice the game last night, but um, but we're um, we're competitive and I don't think we're too far off. I mean, we can't, don't forget where we came from. We had the gardener who was always talking about green shoots who never, that never appeared, and we came out of, a, a, out of um, five years of drudgery with Big Bolthouse, so now, from where we've come from, um, I definitely see a lot of upside. And um, you know, if you ask me, and I won't tell what your opinion is, who's close to a premiership, us or Essendon? And I, I, I dare say it's us. I, if you look at our spine, you look at our big boys, we've got to go get some midfielders, mate. We've got to go get some big, big bodies in the midfield to have our crips. But the, the spine is good. Uh, your thoughts? Yep. 
No, no, well, I'll put that question out there as well. Who's closer to a premiership? I, I can smell a uh, Twitter poll as well. Uh, who is closer to a flag out of the two big Victorian clubs, or two of, Carlton or the Bombers? We'll get back to that. We'll also talk some NBA and some US sports on the other side of the news headlines with Meredith Gibbs. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.